And that's what's so cool about art because art is flow, you yeah. know, and it's really uh-huh. about staying in flow. And that's hard to do sometimes, but that's, that's life too. I mean, life has ebb and flow. Remember, I was just talking to you about how, you know, I feel stagnant sometimes and I'm stuck, but I was talking to another creative friend and recently we just decided, you know, that's that ebb and flow. We don't know what the energies are on the planet because things are changing in a, a big way on our planet, right? Welcome to the Art Infused Life Podcast. I'm Dawn Beauvais, a soulful light illuminating my innermost emotions with intuitive abstract art. I'm also a nurse practitioner focusing on addiction medicine and mental health wellness. And I'm Lynn Mazzolini. I am a sensitive intuitive painter of feminine expression and I'm a chemistry professor with a fascination for the technical aspects of art materials. This podcast explores the emotional elements behind art and the art making process. Our intention is to inspire you and elevate your life with the unspoken power of art. We'll be here weekly. Now let's get started. This week on the Art Infused Podcast, we're talking with Lisa Winston, a self-taught intuitive artist who uses art to express emotions and create soul connections with the person that's meant to have her art. We talked about the value of art and how important it is to place value on your art. We talked about relationships and we talked about self-worth. I'm so excited for you to listen to this. There's so much content and please Give us a rating, share this podcast with your friends, and give us a comment so that more artists can find the art-infused life. Welcome. I am so excited to get to talk with you today about, you know, not only like your art, which is amazing and really evolving, but like your process and your life and you know, you're positive, you just ooze that positivity. So yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a good one. Me too. So I know you've had art as a part of your life for a long, long time, but you really dove in not too, too long ago. So let's talk about that. Tell us how that came about and what spurred that on. Well, um, gosh, it's such a long story. Um, you know, I was a professional singer for 40 years and then I left a 15 year toxic relationship and I went in search of myself and, you know, grew spiritually and everything. And I thought, well, at the time spirit was leading me to a coaching career. And so I started working with a coach and building an online business around coaching, which was really hard. I mean, you know, whenever you coach with somebody it really brings you up against your deepest stuff. So, um, I did it and I moved around a lot and I coached for about eight years and but I started not really liking coaching anymore. Like I, I was good at it. I just didn't enjoy it. Plus coaching sometimes brings in people who are really not committed. They blame you. (laughs) It's just like over it. It was too hard. And so through a series of synchronicities, um, I just started coming closer and closer to what it was I was here to do. I never thought it would be art you know, because I I thought maybe going back to singing or whatever. And I literally got on the phone with a 
an old client, an old coaching client, he showed me this, this fluid art that he had done. And I went, I like something sparked in me. I went nuts. And as soon as we got off the call, I started experimenting with it. And that's, that's not, I didn't commit to doing my art as a business at that point, but I knew I was supposed to get back into my art and that that's how it all started. You know, that's so funny because both Lynn and I loved fluid art when we first got started and um, kind of grew into something more personal to us. So yeah, I love, I still love fluid art. I mean, I think uh, sometimes I paint over it or whatever, but yes, I, I love that process. And um, so I think that's pretty interesting. Let, so what about uh, your form today? So I know you started with that, but you've kind of evolved into something really unique. Um, I know you kind of that do is. some <laughs> blessing of, you know, infuse like some blessing into the artwork. So I think that's really cool that people should know about. Thank you. You know, I was a watercolor painter for most of my life. And I think the biggest thing I was being called to was when I sat down to paint, I used to paint birds and, you know, still life and all kinds of butterflies and things like that. And and for me, it was too much because I'm a control freak. So I was trying to control everything. And I really felt like spirit was telling me, you need to let go. That was my life lessons from way back, you know, losing my house to fire. And it was like the universe kept saying, let go. And I just kept hanging on for dear life. And so when I was doing my watercolor, it felt so constricting. And so I, I played with the fluid art, as you know, um, in our community, Jessica Hughes was one that really connected with me uh, about a year and a half, almost two years ago. And I loved her art. I loved her. And we did a, an intuitive painting class with her one day and I just did it. And I didn't really know I was doing anything. I was just following along. After that, I had this massive shift because my my process is when you're learning a new way of doing art and I hadn't gone to art school or anything I told people I want I wanted to go to college to be an artist to go to art school but I didn't want to learn the details and the history I just wanted to paint like that's just me right and so I started this new I just gave caution to the wind threw threw it to the wind and I thought I'm just going to get a big canvas and start slapping paint on the canvas <laughs> and all of a sudden <laughs> these amazing things started coming through and I was like I had a big shift. Now, I also, after that, after I did a couple of those and was successful, I went through another kind of a backsliding moment, you know, where it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So that, you know, this is the the journey of the artist or anybody really, that's really trying to come to grips with who they are in a deeper way. So yeah, I just, I started, um, I love hearts and I, and I, I infuse messages. I also have um, a frequency device called a NAO scanner and I infuse message uh, frequencies into the painting as well. But before I did that, I was, you know, just writing words, intentions. Um, I have one that I gave to my Joe and it's like expect miracles. And it has all the, you know, the messages around that, the Ho'oponopono. So it's kind of whatever comes through. And I know a lot of us do that as well. It's kind of a cool, it's kind of like a graffiti, almost like a graffiti, but not fully. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing now. And I, and I'm, I'm struggling some days, but <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting about that. You mentioned the struggle because I think the pieces where, you know, you do get into the emotion of whatever's going on in your life, mm -hmm. those pieces um, resonate sometimes the most with other people. 
Oh boy, they do. That's so true. Cause I've sold paintings that I didn't particularly like, but people were, you know how they like you guys, they're just drawn to it. They're like, I want that. It resonates with me. That's it. So the message in that, that I got was that it's for me. It's coming through me. It's not really always from me, right? It's from spirit, from the divine, but it's really every piece of art, I believe has an owner. It has somebody that it belongs to, whether they show up today or they show up four years from now, there will be uh-huh. somebody. So it's kind of like we're painting. We don't even know we're painting whatever we're painting through the universe. And it's, it's for somebody else that happened to me several times. I had a woman that I, I know who's a, a dear friend and a coach and she's in Canada and she saw like this tree that I did. And she showed me a book that she had written down like a month earlier, this vision she got. And it was, it was exact same tree. It was like, almost like she had the vision. I painted the painting. I talked to her after that and she, and she bought it. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you let go and really follow your inner guidance in your heart, it it's pr- a pretty cool ride. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just sold a painting myself and, and, you know, I loved this painting and I thought, Hmm, I I'm I'm just wondering who's going to buy this because I love this painting. And then you get like this feeling of, well, maybe, maybe people don't like it. And then all of a sudden somebody pops up and goes, Oh my gosh, I saw that and I had to have it. Yeah. Congratulations. I love that. Yeah. And I want to get into pricing with you too, because (laughs) you, I have been a huge influence in, um, you know, me and my expectation and the value that I place on my art. I really, first of all, want to thank you for that because it's hard. I think not only as an artist, but as a woman to price our, our art for what it's worth. So I, I would love for you to share about that because that that was huge for me. I, I'm still working through it, I will say. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thank, thank you for saying that. It's my journey too. You know, I was as a musician for 40 years, I worked hard and I was a band leader and I had a band and I coordinated weddings and I, I maybe made 20000 a year. You know, I think one year I made $50,000. I worked a lot. So the message in any kind of art for me was, You really can't make a lot of money doing what you love. You know, that's just, and that's what it is for artists I know. So when I got into that, I'm like, oh, great, here I go. I'm in something where I can't make any money. (laughs) And then um, I started going through that craziness of, okay, how do I price it? So I did it various ways. I looked it up online, all the ways that you can price your art. And then I did the dollar per square inch. And I had conversations with a lot of people because, um, you know, when I was starting my fluid art, a lot of it was pretty, some of it was just crazy, you know, so it was very beginner stuff. And I thought, well, I'm not going to charge somebody a lot of money for that. I'll just cover my expenses. And then as I started to evolve, especially as I got into more of the abstracts, you know, as buying more expensive canvases, you know, our supplies are outrageously expensive, packing and shipping, shipping has gone up. I mean, everything starts to be this huge Um, expense. And then a lot of times we're giving discounts, we're giving stuff away. And I thought, you know what, I'm running a business and this is my time. I'm a value. What I do is a value. And I also need to cover my expenses and make a living. And so I started to inch my way up and then I sold, I don't remember if you you remember, I I painted that green and orange one um, and ended up selling it for almost $2,000. And that was 
I wanted to go the full $2 a square inch on it, but the girl that wanted to buy it, she's like, I don't know. So I brought it down like just a couple hundred dollars plus shipping. It was my first real um, experience with, with kind of raising my prices. And so I'm still kind of in the midst of like a dollar and a half to $2. I'm still struggling because I know that um, a lot of people can't afford it. Now, for me, if I see something I really love, I'll just find a way to do it. You know, mm-hmm. if I have to save up or make payments or whatever, but I yeah. understand it. But still, um, I think places like Home Goods and all those places really end up hurting us because you can get these huge paintings for like $150 and we're charging, you know, 4,000. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, I think it's an ongoing battle for everybody, but I'm not lowering it because recently that girl just bought another piece for me. I gave her a 20% discount because she had bought before. And I also gave her a free gift of a painting, but I just decided if you don't want to pay my prices and I'm being generous with you with the discount, then I'm not selling it. I'll keep it. Yeah. So we're worth it, you know, and plus we are running a business. We're not doing it as a hobby. And so we deserve to make money doing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you raise your prices, you can't drop, you should not drop them because you're undervaluing the piece that somebody paid for. So you have to be really careful with that. But yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of different strategies for pricing. Um, one strategy, you know, one strategy that I heard, which is really different than um, the typical stuff that people talk about is, um, you know, to think about, you know, like if you already have a job, what, you know, what do you currently make? And, right. you know, more or less, what's your hourly rate? And then think about the people that, you know, they probably are in a similar income level. And so you want to basically, you know, consider your time that you put into a piece. And this is from advice from people who are a little bit more into realism, but like the amount of time that you put into the piece and make sure you get paid at least your hourly rate that you would normally get paid at and you're in a profession. And that seems to be really fair. But, um, you know, along with the per square inch kind of thing, I do see that people will go up and down, like they'll have different per square inch prices depending on, you know, what the piece is, like if it's something, you know, that they want to have in their main portfolio, or if it's something that they consider to be more kind of decorative or Mm -hmm. uh, faster, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a really personal kind of thing, you know, because, you know, on the other hand, you don't want to have a lot of pieces, you know, if you're really super productive, you don't want to have like a hundred (laughs) pieces sitting around for four years. Right. Exactly. Well, I also, can I say something really quick? I I wanted to share because, you know, my Joe teaches about law of attraction and, and, you know, um, living a different way. And so every time I talk about the square inch per square inch, he gets so mad at me. He's like, (laughs) throw that out the window. It's really about your inner self-worth. You know, um, we did an exercise with Jess when we went to see her And it was taking that big piece on her wall where she was talking about the signature piece and just pricing it outrageously, but putting it out there. I'm going to, I want $187,000 for that. It's playing that game of up-leveling your belief, up-leveling your inner value, up-leveling because we attract what we believe, right? So if we're sitting here and we're grappling with a dollar (laughs) per square inch, 
it almost seems ludicrous because that's not where we should be coming from. So just to let you know, I don't have it down either. It's a back and forth for me because I do want to be fair also. But then there's a part of me that says, you know, there are people that sell all kinds of things that aren't really worth what they what they get for them, but they believe they can get (laughs) put it out there and the people buy them. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh I just think that we need to do a lot more inner work. I don't think it's about our work. Um, I don't think it's about what we create. I don't think it's, you know, yes, we have supplies and expenses and all that. I think it's about our inner value and it's not about uh, what's the word screwing people out of money or, you know what I mean? It's not about that. Again, when we, when we raise, then the people who want what we have, they'll raise too, and they'll pay what we ask. And I don't think we're being outrageous to ask for, two dollars a square inch there are people that charge four or five dollars a square inch you know i can't afford that right now but i get it Mm -hmm. so it's i think it's just an ongoing journey like everything else well i was just thinking when you were talking about that (laughs) when you talk about you know different incomes and whatnot Mm -hmm. my 22 year old you know doesn't make a lot of money okay but he wanted those Nike, I don't even know what they are, <laughs> tennis shoes that are outrageously priced, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So guess what? He's going to yeah. find a way to get those tennis yeah. shoes. Yeah, exactly. That's and he's going to feel like a million bucks when he's wearing them. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, I guess I have to, I'm thinking about myself, like, go back to that when I'm thinking about pricing my art. Like, it is a value. It, it is. And it's a va- great value to somebody who wants it. I mean, mm-hmm. I bought your print and I really wanted to buy your, but you know, we just bought a, a piece from Jess. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm sweating through these lights. I'm, you know, hot flashing. Um, I'm glistening. Um, but I mean, when you see something that resonates with you that you have to have, mm-hmm. you, know, you will find a way to do it. This right. is the way. It's not, it it's not about us. It's not about what we've created. It's not about any of that. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So, and I, I think we're all sensitives too, because I love artists, but artists are so, we're sensitive. We've been traumatized in life. You know, we're trying to be fair. We don't want to hurt anybody. You know, it's like this, it's like enough already. Just increase your inner value, even just a little bit every day. So, you know, do some kind of prosperity affirmation or, you know, I am, I am worth whatever it is for you. Um, I think we need to focus more there than we do on the, I don't know how much to charge per square inch. Exactly. It doesn't feel good. Right. So when you're doing your art process, I know that you, you know, I, I put a lot of emotion into my work and I know you put a lot of emotion into your work. So where do you draw that from? Where does that come from? That's a great question. Um, I think that a lot of us work through our suffering, our trauma through art. Um, a lot of us, sometimes I will be so inspired just from the universe and I'll just paint something that comes through that way. You know, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just do it. There are other times that I'm going through. Um, I just sold a piece to that girl again. I had seven layers. I, I started with one thing and, and then I created another thing and then somebody wanted to buy it, but then I changed it. They didn't want it. And then I started really suffering, right? I was like, I don't know what to do with this. I, I hate this. I, so I really went through, that's why the piece was called Never Ever Give Up. Because I really went through this, this transformative practice of getting from where I was to where, you know, to the end product. 
And so it was a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but I loved it when it was done. It was wonky, but I loved it. And she loved it too. So um, I think it, for all of us, it comes from all kinds of life situations and emotions and, you know, self-growth and beating ourselves up and love and (laughs) sadness, (laughs) you know, all that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So one thing that we've talked about as artists is, um, you know, if it were simply just painting a picture, putting it out there, and selling our art, that'd be one thing. But there's awful, there's often like multiple facets to what we do. And I know that you have recently started offering prints as well as originals. Is there something else out on the table that you are um, thinking about pursuing or um, grappling at in the future? Yeah, it's a great question. I am. I do have lots of prints and I also love the canvas wraps and I'm trying different companies out. Um, the one I bought was fine, but it didn't have like a wood. Uh, it was more of a box, very lightweight, but it was, it was good quality. But I'd like to also get some more expensive ones that look like it's actually on a canvas and you can do that. Like you can recreate anything you have and charge, you know, a fraction of the cost. So I thought that might be a cool option because people want to have a lot of people want prints. Um, I also am dabbling. I have like a stack of cards from my prints, from, from all of my pictures, my watercolor and everything. And they look gorgeous, except, you know, a lot of people hand paint cards. And I tried that and, and I, it's okay to a certain degree, but I love the look of a card, like a shiny or a matte card on a really nice piece of, you know, um, card stock. I could show it to you if I grab it. Um, you know, with, with an envelope, I think they're, I think they're five by sevens and then the card is four by six. So you have a little bit of a rim. So I thought yeah. those would make a great like set of six, you know, like pick yeah. up six pictures and sell those as well. So, right. and, and I do have tons on my, on my, um, online, I have my, my store where I have tons and tons of, of, I have shorts and shirts and I've been making scarves, scarves with Vita for about probably eight years now. But this uh-huh. is one of my paintings from Vita on a scarf yeah. and it's gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Yes, they are. I think I love doing this stuff, but the, I wanted to share with you real quickly, if I may, um, some thoughts I had about it. And and it feels like sometimes when we do all this other stuff, it, it waters down what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like if you have like a really, cause like some artists like um, Simon Bull, I follow him and he's amazing. But it looks like in his gallery, he keeps the originals for the most part. And then he makes canvas prints and wraps and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like when, like, do we want to water down what we do? You know what I mean? Like if you make, you can make prints and you can make um, a limited edition amount of prints or whatever. But then I think I was reading about it. You you really are supposed to keep that painting and not make a bunch of uh, prints and things like that because you you lose value. There's this whole other thing in the art world. I'm just learning about all of it, you know, but it's like some of the stuff people really want. So I made these and I love them, but sometimes they do that. And I think people aren't buying these in mass quantities yet, you know, if they ever do. And is it just a way of kind of watering down what I do to try to make more money? Maybe I should just focus more on, you know, painting more. I don't know. Dawn, you paint like every day. You, You paint more than anybody I've seen paint. 
Um, and I have a lot of paintings. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. And I love them all. <laughs> when Lynn said, that. we don't want hundreds of paintings, I'm like. <laughs> well, I do have a pretty um, big stack of, let's say, unfinished work. But um, uh, Lisa, I think it's really great to have um, multiple price points. And so, you know, if you offer your art on a scarf or on prints and stuff, that's actually going to raise the price of the original art, especially if the prints are becoming popular, because then whoever has the original you know, has something that a lot of people wanted. And so it really has a lot more value. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like the the one I gave to Joe, I ended up giving him the the, the one from the Ho'oponopono. That's one of the ones that people want the scarves and they want the prints. I don't do that with all of them, but there are a couple of pieces that, you know, um, that are special, I guess. Yeah. And those I feel like maybe we should keep almost, you know, I don't know. I, like I said, there's so much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know much I mean, about anything, really. I just paint. I feel like my philosophy is I I want to release everything. Mm. Like, I don't want to be attached to something so much that I can't let it go. I love that. Maybe that's because of my life experience, you know? <laughs> I've had to learn to let go of a lot of things. But with that abundant mindset, we can always make more. But I like what you said, Lynn, because, you know, I made prints of the, Lynn bought a painting from me, one of my favorites, um, <laughs> that I made with a palette knife called It's Complicated. And, you know, I painted that. I had several, just like you, layer after layer. And finally, I got it to where it was. And, you know, it was like kind of a story of my grief process. It's very complicated. But I love that piece. So I made some prints of it because I am going to keep a print of it for myself. And I've sold a couple prints of it. But that just makes Lynn's piece, because she owns it now, more yeah. valuable. Yeah, That's okay. worth $1,000, Lynn. I'll sell <laughs> yeah. it to you for that if you want. <laughs> I, well, I was going to offer it to you for just a couple hundred, but... That's so funny. No, but there are so many people, you know, we do, we do connect with emotions, you know, yeah. people's emotions that, that we resonate with that. So I think that's, especially those ones that are layer after layer and they're complicated, you know, yes, yes. Do, you know, so I, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I love hearing your views too. Cause again, this is just, we're all walking it together. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. <laughs> my views have changed over time and who knows where they're going to be in a couple of years. So I don't know. I, know. I think it's good to just talk it out, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think so too. And I think we need to be real. That's what I love about these conversations because there are so many people doing this. I know people that are doing art that I never even had a clue were artists, you know, and I love that. So there are artists coming out of the woodwork, which is amazing. And yeah. everybody's doing it a little bit differently. But um, I think, like I said, I love I love um, that that there's more um, collaboration than there is, you know, um, uh, people that are competing against each other in the art world. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some that do that, but I love the fact that we we all are unique, every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And I've, I'm learning so much being in a tribe of brilliant people. I, I don't have the techie side. I don't even own the techie side. It does. It's nowhere in my being. I am all creative. So everything that's not creating shuts me down. 
And yeah. so it's, but you have to know some of that stuff too. So um, I'm grateful, you know, to have all the different perspectives coming in because like I said, there's yeah. a lot to learn. Yeah. And Lynn has a lot more techie knowledge oh, than I, I do. I <laughs> she does. I'm not Thank sure if God. that's true. Thank but... God for Lynn. <laughs> she sent oh. me uh, an intake form that we have for this podcast. I don't know how many times she sent it to me. And in fact, I was trying to look for it today to try and pull it up so that I could, you know, have a little background. And I'm like, I, I can't find it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I know need where to make a is. cheat sheet document. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, and that's like not not my world either. I'm like so fly by the seat of my pants. I want to be organized and know that stuff, but I, I don't. You know, <laughs> not so, yet, not yet. Thank God not for yet. the people who do know that. There are that's couples, right. like Kira. I mean, you guys are, you know, amazing. If it's yeah. important, you'll figure it out. That's what yeah, I always say. Or we'll just hire somebody. <laughs> Or that, yeah. Love that idea. <laughs> That's my deal. Start making enough income or or receiving. I'm not going to say making because Joe always corrects me. It's receiving. We're receiving. Yeah. Uh, and an energetic exchange for our um, yes our gift. But yeah, I'd love to be able to hire a VA, you know, to help uh -huh. with all stuff. Because when I start doing that, I literally, like I was doing business stuff for about four weeks. And once I started doing that, I didn't paint at all. Because it just sucks the creativity right out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we've talked about that left brain, light, right brain um, topic before with other people, but that is a really good point. When you, when I know for me too, when I get into the techie stuff, I'm like wiped out. I can't paint. I'm like, oh man. So, shifting back and forth is a real talent. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't have that ability. <laughs> I just don't. I'm in the painting right now. And so my business, you should see my desk. Everything is a wreck. But um, that's why I have a coach. <laughs> so, it's a beautiful it's disaster. A right. It's not a wreck. It's a beautiful disaster. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> As you see, my part of my collection, my part of my uh, 95 paintings that are laying around as well. I've got them everywhere, like you guys. Yeah. But it's okay. It's fun to be surrounded by our stuff, you know. It's absolutely. Yeah. It's inspiring. It is inspiring. Yeah. So All anything right. you want to talk about? Um let's see. I how deep should we go? <laughs> let's go deep. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So Okay, we're going to go deep here because <laughs> I really, um, you have such a beautiful soul. And when people look at that, they may think, oh, look at her. She's got this. She's so put together. She has everything. And, you know, people don't know what we go through to get where we're at. They don't know. So true, Dawn. So true. And you, by the way, amaze me just saying in your journey. Well, you know, I read I read some of your um badassery <laughs> stuff too. And let me tell you, um, you've come a long way, baby. A long Thank way. You. 
I, I, I don't feel like I have some days. I guess I have. Yeah. But it's, it's so funny. I'll be 64 next month. And to have been through, now I haven't lost any children, grandchildren, you know, that's the hardest thing anybody could ever go through. I can't even imagine that. I get emotional when I think about you. Yeah. Um, but for me and for everybody, our challenges are just mm -hmm. as difficult, right? For each one of us, right. no matter how small or big they are. Mm -hmm. And and I still at this age, I feel like I'm still struggling. It's really weird. My soul has always told me that I'm supposed to go big. So I was speaking internationally. I was doing all that kind of stuff, right? But every time I got started with something that felt like it was going to go bigger, I ended up like either a life situation would happen. Like I ended up with Lyme and then, you know, COVID hit. And so nobody went anywhere for a couple of years or I started this art and, and I still feel myself self-sabotaging. I still feel myself procrastinating and pulling back and feeling almost depressed, but I'm not depressed. It's just this lull, this leg. And so it's kind of like, how can I have done so much coaching and so many going through so many things, you know, and yet I'm still not going like gung ho every day doing all kinds of things. So it's amazing. I mean, this self-work, this inner work is a lifetime. It takes a lifetime. It never ends. You know, we get a little better, a little better and a little better, but um, it's frustrating sometimes because, you know, with, with all we've been through, sorry, I, I've said, you know, about 25 times I'm <laughs> I'm trying to get away from that. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just hard. I'm. It's it's unbelievable sometimes that we can go through so many challenges and rise above them and, and grow, mm -hmm. yet go back to this safe place of, for me, it's kind of like, oh, I, I'm getting older. I can just, you know, do this small time and just, you know, not do much of anything. But that's not really what my soul has been wanting me to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm in a battle still. I don't know if you guys experience that or not, but I, I feel like it's almost a battle every day with myself in a lot, of, in some respects. It's um, like fear of being too big. Yes. Fear of success. Fear of success. It's a real thing. You know, I just, I don't know if you're comfortable with this, but I, I feel like compelled to point out um, that you were able to break free of a toxic relationship. And not only that, not only did you break free of a toxic relationship, you were able to resume a loving, great relationship, which many women can break free. Not, I mean, some can't, but many do break free and then they end up yeah. in another toxic relationship. So right there, that in itself shows huge uh, work and growth in my humble opinion. Thank you. Well, but I, I wasn't, I was married to a narcissist sociopath for seven years, had my daughter. So that, and then that was 18 years of hell really, because it was manipulation. His wife was an attorney and she was a narcissist too. So my daughter really got caught in the crossfire and is still digging out. And I was abused as well, but I went from that relationship into that 15 year toxic relationship. And I stayed because I had a child to raise you know, I was a musician, I wasn't making a lot of money. So I stayed for a lot of reasons. And then after we were together, I think it was the the fire was in 2007. So I stayed another four years after that. But that's when I really started um, my soul searching for a deeper spiritual connection with God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, the universe. I mean, I had been a born again Christian, I had been a Messianic Jew, I had been 
<laughs> you know, I was on this quest. And then I realized that, um, like when I was getting ready to divorce my husband, uh, my, my daughter's dad, um, I almost took a gun to my head because he was so abusive and there was one in the house. It was a really scary moment. So I was able to get out of that. And I think I did grow somewhat from that experience, but then I went into another experience. And so I felt like at the end of, you know, with the fire and the cancer and everything else, I felt like I was weary. I was exhausted. There were so many things that I had to, you know, so many challenges. And I felt like if I had stayed in that relationship, I probably would have ended up dying from something physical because, you know, of the controlling manipulation, the abuse and all the other stuff. And so when I broke free from that relationship, that's when I really, and I was also, I was doing Qigong every day. I'm do, I still do it. it. It balances, it aligns, it brings you into uh, spiritual connection. That has been my saving grace because if I didn't have that spiritual connection, I am, you know, I feel like I'm the other part of me. The other Lisa is very weak, is very unsure, you know, doesn't have a lot of self-confidence and all that, but that connection keeps me grounded. And I really went into doing a lot of work after I left that relationship. I did a lot of coaching. I worked with a lot of, um, just a lot of practitioners, you know, doing EFT. I mean, like every modality you can imagine I've been doing. And so before Joe came along, cause he's a total different animal from anybody I've ever been with. And I wasn't looking, I was actually done with men at that point when I had left the other relationship, but I just was really working on my business and working on me. And, and we don't have to be perfect to attract a perfect relationship. Well, no relationship is perfect, but you know what I'm saying? Something better but we do have to delve into healing ourselves, changing ourselves, and then let go of looking for a relationship. When I let go is when things started to happen. And they were very synchronistic. I knew Joe about a year and a half. I interviewed him for my uh, one of my summits. And that was back in 2017. And we had a connection, you know, but I have a connection with a lot of people I interview. So when we let go and we just work on us and we work on our business and we stay positive and we move forward, that's when the universe brings these little synchronicities in and we have to hear them and then follow them. If I told you how many synchronicities happened in a year and a half, um, you think I was crazy. Even like when I heard that I was supposed to pack up and leave uh, San Diego and live with my mother. And I had just been to see her. She was 86 or 87. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I, I was in the position I could do that. So I packed up, started driving cross country and I get a call from my sister. Mom just got diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. She's dying. So if we don't listen, we miss the pieces that are trying to bring us to wherever it is that we're, we are today. And so I think that um, it was just my, my deep desire just to find myself, to be happy, <laughs> to create a business that I loved. And um, it was it was like my book, Your Turning Point, right? I had a lot of turning points. We all have turning points, decisions we make that get us to another place and another place. Um, ultimately, I think we end up exactly where we're supposed to be, regardless of our decision. Sometimes it's just a little bumpier road, right? Than maybe it could have <laughs> been or should have been. But um but then here I, I am here and then I'm, I'm with Joe. I meet Joe. We go through a horrible three-year divorce on his end, like abusive. I fall ill with Lyme disease and 12 co-infections and almost die. COVID comes around. <laughs> this was the beginning of a new relationship. So 
we sometimes we think we're going to get to this perfect place. Mm-hmm. We do get to the place we're meant to be, but it's then we grow some more. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a long winded way of saying that, but I wouldn't call it long winded. <laughs> That's a lot of territory that you covered, and yeah, it's really valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's I came right. to my heart. You know, I don't know how you guys all came to your journey, but again, if we have that desire and we're not happy and we want to be happy and we want to do something we love, then we get to follow those, you know, those callings or whatever you want to call them, your intuition, those steps, those baby steps. Um, mm-hmm. But we're never done. No. Well, I'm really I'm disappointed done for with a that. while. What? <laughs> What'd you it's say? I'm really disappointed with that because I was thinking that, you know, maybe on the other side of this um, end of the reproductive years, because I'm um, kind of approaching menopause, let's say, I was feeling like, oh, once I get past menopause, then everything's going to stabilize and my life is going to be so harmonious. And, you know, maybe it will be for you, but I have to say... I'm in obviously I've been in postmenopause because I went into it early after radiation and cancer treatment. Mm. But um and there are good things about it, but it, you know, it's a challenge too at times. Yeah. So um <laughs> I feel like life I said this before, does life mirror art or does art mirror life? Because no. me, life is a journey. Yeah. It's just a journey. Um, there's ups, there's downs. Um, I don't feel like I'm ever going to reach that final destination until I cross over into something different. Yep. I agree. I agree. And yeah. if I'm not growing, I'm folding. You're, you're <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's what's so cool about art because art is flow, you yeah. know, and it's really mm-hmm. about staying in flow. And that's hard to do sometimes, but that's, that's life too. I mean, life has ebb and flow. Remember, I was just talking to you about how, you know, I feel stagnant sometimes and I'm stuck, but I was talking to another creative friend and recently we just decided, you know, that's that ebb and flow. We don't know what the energies are on the planet because things are changing in a, a big way on our planet. Right. And, and we have ebb and flows. We have times of non-activity, non-creativity. I mean, I wouldn't say that for somebody like Simon Bull, every time I see him, he's, he's painting 42 different things in one day. And I'm like, how's that man do that? You know, but that's not my flow. That's not my flow. Right. So flow, we just have to flow with it. Mm-hmm. And who yeah. knows, you know? Well, I think it's important to do what we love. Yeah, absolutely. That's what gives life meaning. And Lynn, yeah. your life might be perfect after <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it might be some people have charmed lives, you know. Um, Um, Well, I I don't think my life is perfect, but um, I am definitely shifting a lot because um, I don't know, some things, just really profound things started mm. kind of trickling into my awareness and. I did make some big changes in my life over the last, oh, probably about five years or so. Um, I, I, I slowed down with my, let's say, traditional career progression 
And mm-hmm. I started questioning things and then decided to become a, an adoptive mom of a, a then preteen. Wow. wow. Um, huge. And so, you know, things are going, but it's definitely a huge adjustment. Um, you know, especially in your late forties to become a mom for the first time to a 12 year old. And, um, and then um, around that time that we were meeting her for the first time is when I started really becoming interested in art. Mm. And then later I started to realize that I think my longing for art was really to help me rebalance the feminine and masculine energy within me because my technical career was really requiring a lot of what we would consider to be more like masculine and even toxic masculine um, behavior. And so it was so out of balance. So I'm definitely more ideal now than I was, but I don't know if it's really like, quote unquote, the ideal state. (laughs) It's beautiful. though. I love that you did that. I had my daughter at 36. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 64 and my daughter's 28. So um, I think that that's a gift and I'm so happy you did that and congratulations. Mm. That's amazing. Cause I mean, being a, a mom is, it's got its ups and downs, right. But it's, it's one of the most heart opening, amazing things that you can do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that changes your life forever. But I love what you said also, because when I was doing my coaching business, I worked with a coach who was very abusive and very clicky and all masculine flow. And everybody that was creating, I ended up coaching for her for a year and everybody that was creative came to me because they were all saying, this is killing us and we have to keep paying and all that. And that's when I really learned, you know, about the masculine flow, because there are women out there that survive doing that. You know, they're, they're married, they have kids, whatever, but they've got this masculine push all the time Uh and that's okay for them. It's not okay for a lot of us because a lot of us are sensitive, intuitive empaths, right? So that, that hurts our flow. Um, but I think Lynn, you're right. We, we do all need to come to balance men too, because men mm-hmm. don't really, I mean, how many, who said something about the, the tribe we're in? There aren't any men or there may not, I don't know, but it's all women that are coming forward. And there's some amazing men artists out there, mm-hmm. but they're not really on the same wavelength, I guess, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Really important. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like sometimes when, and I see this in um, some of the male artists, um, it's almost more socially acceptable or, mm. um, or yes. it's easier to, for them to express their, themselves with anger. Wow. No, you just said something really important. Do you know, because I used to go to galleries and I used to live in San Diego and LA, Malibu, and I would go to like a Getty, you know, those, I never even thought about it, but most of the art that's hanging in galleries are made by men. Isn't that interesting? And some of them are really dark. Mm -hmm. I never even really thought about that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Some more, some more food for thought. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we need to create our own women artist gallery. You know what? That sounds like a good <laughs> there is a huge movement. There, just just so you know, there is a huge movement where um, people are trying to bring these artists out into um, pop- popular culture and really like have them be more known. 
And I recently saw an exhibit. So recently last year when I was in Italy, I went to see an exhibit of the women artists from the Renaissance. And um, it was a pretty, it was a very big exhibit. I have the book um, about all the research that was done on these women and, you know, how, how they became artists and things. The only problem is it's written in Italian and I'm not, right. not sufficiently <laughs> good yeah it's with Italian to be able to read it but um and some of it was really dark there were a few paintings um that were dark where women were expressing some of their anger mm -hmm. but women during that period of time they were either from a family that had immense wealth and privilege or they were women that basically decided not to marry and they ended up working um living at a church in the catholic mm -hmm. Um, wow. system yeah. and so then if they were basically in a convent um right. then they were basically painting and illustrating the biblical texts wow. for the church because the true. church really hired most of the artists at that time literally hmm. everything yeah wow that you know it sounds like a whole new study i mean yeah. it's silly that I, I didn't even think of it till now um we yeah we do need to delve into more of, of the women painters artists that haven't been seen or known mm -hmm. um that's huge I, I know there are lots of them i know it i had something i was going to say and i can't remember what it was but anyway it's a great point thank you yeah i think about um i don't know when there was that um horrible uh, mass shooting with all the children at the school and i sat down to paint an angry painting and I purposefully chose the colors black and red and some gray and I sat down to paint that angry painting and out come my swirls and my little heart <laughs> in the black and gray and and red paint love is everywhere it's like you know I, and I wanted to make a a statement you know loud in your face piece but uh that's not what comes out. You're making the statement. I mean, it's <laughs> true. You know how we see parts everywhere. We see hearts on sidewalks and in the shower, yeah. a gob of butter or whatever. I take I used to take pictures all the time of stuff that I found. And it's true. I don't understand the way the universe works. I don't understand a lot of situations like children getting murdered and all kinds of crazy yeah. things. You know, people yeah. are evil and there are days I'm like, God, just bring the asteroid and just destroy us. You know, <laughs> don't even start over. But there, it's true because again, when you connect and art is that soul connection, it really is. Then the universe, God, spirit starts to really speak through us. And it is always about love. I'm getting emotional even talking about it because so many people don't believe that, but I feel yeah. it. You know it, you know it, Lynn. I mean, we feel it, we know it, we paint it, we live it, we see it. And I think art is something that opens our heart and it also opens our eyes. And again, it connects us to that divine soul thread, whatever that is. It's a, you know, if you look at a sunset, if you, I mean, there's, there's so much art that's so gorgeous. That's in nature. Mm -hmm. you know, art was here way before we were. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's just the spirit sh showing love that, that it's okay to be angry. It's okay to paint that. Mm -hmm. But by the way, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. When you talked about nature, um, it, it brings me to this, um, 
I mean, I've realized it, but I'll just um, share it with you guys. You know, after I lost Brad, I never ever have been able to look at a sunset or sunrise the same way. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just something that really draws me in. I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional, but don't be sorry. There's just something so healing about it. You know what I mean? Um, and you can get mesmerized by it. And you just think about like wherever they are. Yes. You know, the beauty and the calm and the peace that you feel with that. Um, and that's what I like art to do for me, yeah. you know, yeah, it's to transport me to yes. something peaceful, <laughs> calm, beautiful. When I think of a, thank you for sharing that. When I think of a sunset, also, I think of magnificence. It's like when I'm in an airplane and I'm looking down at the clouds. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm simple maybe, but I just look at that and I think, oh my God, you know, I, we're so small. <laughs> Our problems <laughs> seem so big and we are part of a much grander plan and yeah, something is holding us. Yeah. Something is holding us. And that's yeah. why our, our art is so important and valuable. Absolutely. I love that because I feel that I feel like the whole conversation, you know, we were talking about details and, and the price points and all that, but this, this is the real, this is the real, mm, I feel emotional. This is yeah. the real reason we do what we do. It's why we were called to do what we do. It calls yeah. other people, it brings people in, it brings people together. It evokes emotion, you know, like music does yeah. all these beautiful artistic things or dancing, watching a ballet or whatever. It's, it's really getting back to that soul space again and, and like leaving the mind behind, mm -hmm. leaving the mm -hmm. thoughts yep. the mind behind and just connecting and, and being real and being in the flow. Wow. That's beautiful. Ooh. Thank you Ooh. for that. that. Just shifted the whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's there is beauty all around us. We just have to seek it. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are beautiful. And so are you? <laughs> I love you guys. And it's so amazing too that to let people know that also when they, I used to be a, a lone wolf. I tried to build my business. I didn't like being, you know, because I'm an introvert and I don't really like being around. I love people, but I can only take them in small doses. <laughs> but when we're part of something greater like this tribe, you know, there's really only a handful of people that participate regularly but it's still this energy and there's this beauty and this love and this respect and, and you become who you surround yourself with. You become what, what you surround yourself with. And it's so important for us because we all go, remember we were talking the other day with when Jess was doing the call, we all go through grief. We go through pain. We go through loss. We go through, I mean, life happens in the midst of all this. It never stops. And so everybody that comes to the community is, filled with rich experiences and, and so much love and compassion and heart. And, you know, every time we post something, we get these amazing, beautiful comments that are so loving and supportive. So I think that we are a part of something really big. I don't know how big yet, mm -hmm. but just like us <laughs> connecting right now from the heart, I feel you both. And um, 
there are no words for it. So let's yeah. just paint it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's no coincidence that uh, Lynn and I were drawn toward each other and that I was drawn toward your energy. It, there absolutely no coincidence. I mean, you know, when Lynn, Lynn reached out to me and, you know, this was her baby, this podcast and, and said, do you want to do it? And like, I don't know the first thing about it, <laughs> but, but I knew that I liked Lynn. I knew that I loved her energy. I loved her message. I love what she's putting out there with her art. And so I said, okay. <laughs> You're called to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all that matters. And it's Thank just going to, it's just going to create, it'll become its own animal down the road. You know, you'll, you'll change, you'll meet amazing people. You'll get some more stories and lots of love. And, and I think that it's really important that you're doing this too, because there are so many people that are not in a community, so many people who want to start art, so many people who have all these questions and all this stuff going on and they have nobody to talk to about it. We can yeah. bounce things off of each other. You know, we're all learning together. So, um, and and people need to know that the dirty stuff too about it, it's not easy, it's hard. It really brings you up against your, you know, some of your worst habits and your worst beliefs and your worst days. Sometimes it's a real struggle, like when we, post our paintings, right? It's it's always like, oh, they're so beautiful. And everybody's like, wow, how did they get that? You know, well, sometimes it takes a long time to get to that. And there are days yeah. like I don't post anything on social media because I'm not feeling anything. So I come back when I have something to post. Yeah, I'm grateful to be here with you. I love you both. I'm so grateful yeah. and honored. And, oh, and thank you. Thank you for, it was so nice to connect. And I also want to say thank you to Don for your nice words about the podcast. And um, yeah, I just, I really wanted to have, you know, connection with people. And I also really wanted to spread the, the idea that, you know, bringing any kind of creativity or art into a person's life, even though they're maybe working a full-time job or, you know, maybe, maybe they're retired and they just feel like they missed it you know, it's never too late because art is just, you know, it's a way for the soul to speak and it's a way to maybe connect with people, but you don't even have to share it with other people. If you're not happy with it, that's fine. I mean, the art is really for, you know, it's, it's something about the process of making art. It's something about, even like, if you don't know how to draw, like people tell me all the time, like, oh, I cannot even draw a straight line. Well, first of all, you could use a ruler for that, but, um, <laughs> but more importantly, you know, it's not necessarily about representing something. Maybe it's just about, you know, like the fluid art was a beautiful like entry point because it's really just about the color and getting the surprises and the unexpected color yes. and, yeah. you know, just getting something from that whole journey is just incredible to me. I love that. You know, I... I did better. And when I started fluid art, I did better when I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. When I started getting my mind involved, you know, like this was one of the second ones that I did, but it's like, I, I haven't done fluid art. I know Dawn, you're doing some, and then you're painting, which is amazing to me because I have some that I want to do that with as well, or dabble yeah. with. But the one thing I miss about do, not doing the fluid art is that it is so unexpected. It always ends up having a totem in it, an animal, an angel, you know, it always has some surprise, some message. And, you know, it's just, 
It's incredible. I'm going to go back to doing some of it too. I'm called yeah. to do the abstracts right now, I think, because I'm working through my own junk. Yeah. But um, the, the fluid art really, even though, the, and you know, it's funny, I used to go onto YouTube all the time and I would watch everybody who was anybody doing the fluid art. You know, if you want to know more or learn more about an art process or, or more of the background, you can do it. But for me, I noticed that when I start worrying about a process and I try to recreate it, I can't do it. And it gets my, it shuts me down. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's just been a crazy journey of finding my way, but I love that you both love fluid art because I, I adore it. If you can see, I, I haven't sold yeah. a lot of it. I've sold some of it, but um, I'm going to go back to it again. I bet you it would be all completely new after not doing it. For I bet too. Year. Yeah. You know, I love it. I love it. And you I know, love that butterfly you did yesterday. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You said something to me that just, I don't know, it just really struck me when you said, um, you have to know color, you have to know color theory, you have to do this. And and um, I'm just not called to do that. And that just really opened something up in me because it's so true. There's so many rules and with art, uh, that's not necessary. There's it's so many different types of art yes. and mediums and techniques that you could even invent your own. You could. And <laughs> it was almost like when my daughter, you know, in the, the Poway school district, when my daughter was in elementary school, they, they took away art out of the schools, you know, and which was a crime because kids need an outlet. And so I was part of the group of parents who we taught art classes every week to the kids. But I lost interest because my daughter's um, second grade teacher gave her like a D on an art project. And I went up and I ripped her a new one. I said, wait a minute, you can't grade a second grader's artwork and tell it my daughter did not do art at all, um. at all for years and years and years. And now she's 28. She started metalsmithing. She makes brooms. She's metalsmithing. She makes the most spectacular jewelry of all sorts. And she charges for it because it's really hard and everything. But it took her probably 20 years to come back to actually mm -hmm. understanding that she can paint and she can do things and she is creative. All it took was that one teacher mm -hmm. to just say, this isn't right. And so when you're basically telling people they need to know all these things about art, you're basically saying that what we're doing is wrong and we're not doing anything wrong. Intuitive painting is just that it's intuitive. Mm -hmm. I love that. I've seen, I've seen some pretty ugly paintings in the airport when I came back to Texas, what I would get, I wouldn't buy them, you know, but they were more that graffiti style and they were yeah. great black, some words. There was no, no rhyme or reason for any of them, but they were huge and they were in the airport. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. So there's something out there for everyone. For everybody. Yeah, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love these conversations. Yeah, I just enjoy this so much because I, lo I love talking because things start to open up and you have realizations yeah. that you wouldn't have had without the three of us. It's like a little mini mastermind. Exactly. Yeah. Weekly podcast as mastermind. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. Really appreciate your time today and, and sharing your beautiful heart and your journey um with everybody and uh i'll add all of your details to the show notes so people know where to find you because i know they're gonna want to see what you're doing yeah 
much. Yeah, Sorry thank you so time. much. I love you so much. I'm love so you. glad we had this opportunity to interview you. Thank you. This will this will be fun. I'm sending you guys lots of love and, and a lot of success for this. Yeah.